makes us when uh, Mel isn't here, but it's always nice to have Mel back. So. Welcome, welcome. So first of all, before I get started, I want to thank you all. You know, we have this beautiful home for the holidays set all figured out, but what we were missing were the gifts, right? But look at all of the gifts that are they're coming in from all of you. So for those of you who haven't heard it yet, what we are doing is um, through the end of the month, we are receiving gifts for our uh, brothers and sisters that are arriving in our area from Puerto Rico. In Lorraine alone, there is one family a day coming. And of course, they are coming from Puerto Rico not prepared for our beautiful winter weather. And so what we are doing is wrapping up gifts, and those gifts will be warm clothes, sweaters, sweatshirts, maybe some warm pajamas for the kids. Uh, And we're wrapping them up. And all you need to do is put on the tag, whether it's for a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, and then the size. And then we will be sharing those with our friends, and they will be distributed. And I love the way divine timing works, because my concern was that they would not have them for Christmas. But it turns out that in Puerto Rico, they celebrate the day that the kings arrive in, um, at the stable, and that's when they exchange their gifts. And that doesn't happen until January, so we have perfect divine timing. So thank you for everybody who has already brought gifts. And for those of you that still want to bring gifts, you can still do so. So we are in week three of our Advent series on the three faces of God. And so those of you who have been here the last couple of weeks know that the three faces are the face of the infinite God, right? The God that is beyond me, in whom I live and move and have my being. The infinite face of God is the God that walks beside me. You are always And then the inner face of God is, you know, God within me. I am the light of the world. And what we are invited to consider from Reverend Paul Smith, who wrote the book that I'm using, Is Your God Big Enough, Close Enough, You Enough, is that we can embrace all three of those faces of God. And that, in fact, if we leave out any one of those faces, um, the richness of our spiritual experience, that we are invited to embrace all three to enrich our spiritual experience. And so what I find is that in unity, um, like most of the other spiritual traditions, they can accept, we can accept and embrace one or two of these faces, but typically the third one we're not quite so sure about. And so this face that we're talking about today, the second face of God, is the one that we are often not so sure about in unity. So this is the way it works out. Everybody knows the prayer um, of protection, right, by Jane Phillips Green. And so the light of God surrounds me, the love of God enfolds me, the power of God protects me, the presence of God watches over me wherever I am, God is. That was written by Jane Phillips Freeman back during World War II. And there's actually conversation that I've seen debate in unity about whether or not we need to update that prayer because it creates this sense that there is some God out there that is protecting me and enfolding me in love and is guiding me, you know, and that creates this um, disconnect for us, right? And so we, for example, here at Unity Spiritual Center have unitized those words to a certain extent, and at the end of our service, we sing that prayer of protection, but we've changed it to, you know, I am the light of God, I am the love of God, I am the power of God, I am the presence of God, and then you, and then we, right? But even there, we've denied this idea of the original prayer for protection, that the light of God surrounds 
that it creates this thought that there's a God outside of us, right? How many of you know the history of the prayer for protection, why that was written? I see a couple of hands, so it's a very interesting story. That prayer was written by James Philip Freeman during World War II for the soldiers that were going off to war. And he wrote it in such a way that it could speak to whatever beliefs that soldier held. It wasn't um, to one religion or another. So that they could take this prayer with them, and while they were away at war, they could remember that the prayer is to light a bound around me, the love of God who saves me, the power of God protects me, and the presence of God watches over me. And I believe that prayer can still speak to us in that way today. How many of you know that that prayer is up on the moon? have this thing immunity. Do we pray to this God out there? Can we do that? Can we hold that faith with God? And I believe the answer is yes. In fact, I believe our co-founders, Myrtle and Carol Fillmore, knew and experienced all three of those faces. And I want to share with you another prayer that was one of Myrtle's favorites, the prayer of faith. I don't know if you know this prayer, but listen as I speak these words and see if you can hear all three faces of God in this God beyond us, the God that walks with us, and the God who's in us. God is my help in every need. God does my every hunger feed. God walks beside me, guides my way through every moment of the day. I now am wise. I now am true, patient, kind, and loving too. All things I am can do and be through Christ the truth that lives in me. God is my help. I can't be sick. God is my strength, unfailing, quick. God is my all. I know no fear, for God and love and truth are clear. Do you hear all three faces there? The God that is my help, that is my strength, that is unfailing, and yet walks beside me, and yet is that Christ within me? I truly believe that Myrtle and Charles Fillmore knew all three faces of God and invite us into that same experience. We don't need to reject any of those faces. This is what Charles Fillmore had to say, and I'm reading this from truthunity.net, which is a great resource of unity materials. And this is what Charles wrote. Never be formal with God. He cares no more for forms and ceremonies than do the principles of mathematics for fine figures or elaborate blackboards. You cannot use God too often. He loves to be used. And the more you use him, the more easily you use him, and the more pleasant his help becomes. If you want a dress, a car, a house, or if you are thinking of driving a sharp bargain with your neighbor, going on a journey, giving a friend a present, running for office, or reforming a nation, ask God for guidance in a moment of silence Remember that face of God that we talked about last week, the God beyond us, was a talking about God. And Jesus did that. He talked about God. But the second face is a talking to God. And Jesus did that also, did he? So I was thinking to myself, well, I wonder how much God actually talks to us today. You know, in scriptures, 
we have lots of examples. In fact, I looked it up. How many people did God talk to in the Hebrew scriptures, right? So God spoke directly to Cain, to Noah, to his sons, to Job, Job's friends. God spoke to Abimelech, Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, Samuel. God spoke to David and Nathan, Solomon and Jehu, Elijah and Isaiah. God spoke to Ahaz, Manasseh, and his people. God spoke to Jonah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Haggai, and Zechariah. And then it appears suddenly God went silent. Well, we know here in Unity that Jesus is our way shower. He's our teacher. He came to show us the way. And we know that God spoke to Jesus, that Jesus entered into conversation with God. He went up the mountain to talk to God. He talked to God in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went apart for a while, and he communed with God. We know that God talked to Jesus. And I believe one of the things that Jesus came to tell us was that God can talk to each one of us, that you didn't need to be someone special in order for God to talk to you, but that God would speak to everyone who invited that conversation. Remember, Jesus said, all the things that I have done, you can do, and even greater things than these will you do. So he provided this example for us that, remember, in Jesus' day, the Jewish temple had an inner room, and that was the Holy of Holies, and that was the place where God dwelt. And it was only by going into that inner room that you could get into the presence of God. And only once a year was the high priest allowed to enter into that Holy of Holies, to be in, in, um, you know, God's presence. And so it was very um, uh, out-of-the-box thinking that Jesus would come along and say, no, no, everybody can have a conversation with God. Everybody can be in God's presence. Everybody can forgive and everybody can heal. And it was for that reason that he was considered a blasphemer by the, by the, um, you know, the heads of the, the temple at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But this is what he taught us. This is what he came to tell us. You, too, can have this relationship with the divine. And so here in unity, I want us to get beyond this idea that we can't talk to God. That we can't have a conversation. That we can't reach out and say, help me, show me, lead me. That we can't surrender to and submit to that presence and that power that is God. That we can't have, you know, this love affair, if you will, with the divine. So I am often moved by music. God speaks to me often in music. How many of you hear God speaking to you in music? Yeah. So I came upon this Daniel Naaman song a couple of years ago. And this particular song really speaks to me of this idea that we can enter into a love affair with God, and that that is indeed what we are invited to do. And what does that mean? So I wanted to share that song with you today. And this is how it goes. If I only make you mine, my God, if I only let you in my heart, if I only give myself Love's all. 
God out there. idea that I could ask God to wipe my tears and, and take away my fears, right? That, that one-on-one relationship that I can have with the divine that has been known by the mystics throughout the ages. Right? Lori shared so beautifully in her meditation today, one of our modern-day mystics, Father Richard Rohr. Look him up if you're not familiar with him. He is a Franciscan priest talks about these same ideas that we talk about in unity and that we can have this one-on-one communal relationship with the divine and allow that divine presence to walk beside us, guiding our way. So I wanted to share with you from Reverend Paul's book. He's got in here the uh, history of Christianity in five sentences. Are you ready? Christianity began in Palestine as an experience. It moved to Greece and became a philosophy. It shifted to Italy and became an institution. It moved to Europe and became a culture. It traveled to America and became a business. He begins his chapter on Jesus because Paul is inviting us into an even deeper relationship, not only with God, so we're all invited to invite God into our hearts to, to know that face of the divine, but he is inviting us all to also to the understanding that we can open up and have a relationship with Jesus. Right? Now, I, I don't know about you, but when people start talking about having a relationship with Jesus, I start to get a little squirmy. Anybody feel that way? And it's because of what Christianity has become. It's evolved through time. Right? I reject the idea that God is that God needed Jesus to come and save me from my sins. Right? I reject that idea. I reject the idea that Jesus is somehow an exception and different than I am. I reject the idea that there is only one way to get to heaven. I reject the idea, you know, that our brothers and sisters that follow other spiritual paths are less worthy than I am. I reject the idea that Jesus' birth was somehow exceptional. I reject the idea that the only way to put Christ back in Christmas is that we can say Merry Christmas to one another while at the same time being rude and obnoxious to one another when we meet one another in the stores. I just reject those ideas. And in the rejecting of those ideas, what can happen and what has happened at times in my life is that I have then rejected Jesus. I've said I can't relate to him. This makes And what Paul is inviting us to is an understanding that we don't need to reject Jesus, but that we need to go back to the initial first sentence there. It began in Palestine as an experience. And we need to take ourselves back to that place where it becomes an experience for us, where we can have a relationship with that 
spirit that we call Jesus. Unity does not deny the fact that Jesus existed. We just see him differently than traditional Christianity sees him. Unity doesn't deny the fact that life is eternal. That when I put down this body, I am going to continue on in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know what that's like exactly. But I do know that I have had personal experience communicating with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, who I never met, after she died. And I can't deny that. How many of you have had an experience of communicating, right, with someone who has passed away? Right. Well, why would it be any different with Jesus? Right? He set down this body. He was resurrected into whatever the next body is for us. And that power, that presence that is Jesus is still there. Then we can communicate with that power and presence just like we do with our mother-in-law who passed or our brother who passed or somebody else. And Paul Smith believes that there is great value in doing that. After Jesus was crucified, we know something happened. I don't know what that something was, but I know something happened. I know that because his disciples, his followers, who after he was crucified, during that crucifixion, they went away and they hid in fear, right? The men especially, not the women, they were there, but the men were in hiding. And that there is nothing wrong with our 
doing so. It doesn't make us less spiritual. In fact, it enriches our spiritual life when we can acknowledge this intimate thing with God as well. So are you willing to explore that intimate face of God this week? So our practice this week is somewhat of a meditation. We're going to actually have an experience of it after as we talk about what it is. So each day this week we are going to take time to be still. We know that Charles Fillmore, as he had questions, as he sought understanding every day, he sat for hours, for 50 years, for hours in the evening, going to headquarters, communing with God, talking to him, having conversations with the divine. It's our fourth unity principle. We must all take time each day to meditate and to pray, to commune with the divine, so that we can open ourselves up to this mystical experience of union with God. So we're going to take time to be still this week and to become aware of that power and presence that is God. And as we sit with this idea, I want you to imagine that sitting there with you is God or Jesus or however you see the Spirit, whatever that is for you. And as we sit there with that, we breathe in and out, becoming aware of our breath. And in the breathing in, we hear that Spirit, God, Jesus, speaking to us, I love you. And as we breathe out, we reply back, I love you. And we do that for a couple of moments and allow that love to expand us in our hearts, our minds, our spirits. And I'm going to invite us to do that together right now. And so if you'll just close your eyes for a moment. And bring to your mind a vision of what is that power and presence? What does that look like for you? What shows up as you make your heart welcome, as you invite that spirit of God into your heart to draw your tears, calm your fears, fill you with faith? Is it safe to welcome that presence that is God? Imagine that spirit speaking to you. 
and presence of love divine to be your guide on this day, to show you the way, to take away your tears and your fears, to make space in your heart when you come back, come back into this time and this place. There is room enough each face of God, each aspect of God, each perspective of God. God that is beyond me in which I live and move and have my being. Will you say that with me? God that is beyond me in which I live and move and have my being. God that walks beside me. You are with me always. God that walks beside me. You are with me always. And God that is within me. I am the light of the world. God that walks within me, that is within me. I am the light of the world. Right? All three. We embody, we embrace, we express. Next week we're going to get to the God that is within me. I am the light of the world. Right? But for this week, focus on that God that walks with you till you can feel this like in the psalm on the back of your bulletin. As the deer pants for streams of water, So my soul pants for you. Imagine that desire to know God that way. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with my God? And then remind yourself right now, right here, don't wait. God is with you always. Thank you and be blessed, friends.